time to be doing that bullshit. bullshit. Oh, welcome back to BS with Brian Simpson. I have a special guest here, Evan Lovett, a.k.a. L.A. in a minute. And this guy knows a lot of shit about Los Angeles. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. I appreciate um, you having I, me here. I came across your Instagram, and I've been meaning to, 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 to have you on. I'm so glad we, we got to get you here. Busy man. Um, So we were just talking to, uh, about how... So my thing was I always tell people that L.A. is a place of its own. And San Diego is is what people that have never been to California think L.A. is. That, that's a right? really, really good ex- explanation. Yeah. Because L.A. is its own beast. It's Let's its own it beast, yeah. man. It, well, here's the real thing. L.A. is like, it's really like six or seven places. Right? So it's funny you say that. I was, I'm often asked, what's the ideal day in Los Angeles? Or even before that, you have friends from out of town coming to LA and they want to do all these things. I want to go to Disneyland and I want to go to the beach and I want to, you know, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you better have a lot of time because LA is huge. And the thing that I always come up with is you need a week in LA because it's almost like there's seven different regions inside of LA. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, you take one region per day and that's going to be your LA. And you got to have money. See, here's the other thing. You got to have money. You can't listen. You can enjoy LA with no money, but not really. You know, if if like if you strap, like you know, I'm not, you don't got to be rich, but if you strap for cash, you need to go somewhere else. So if you're trying to experience the whole place, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. Even just getting around costs you money. Right. That's getting, the problem because of how around, expansive you know? it is, big time. Yeah, big time. I mean, sometimes, man, because I live in the valley and all the comedy clubs are in the city. And like in Hollywood, and, and like sometimes I'll, I'll lose money to do a spot. Like if I only have one spot in, in the city, the Uber costs more than I'm getting paid. It's an investment, though. Right, it's an investment, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But but it's like you, yeah, you can't just come. And that's the thing, you're not close. Nothing's close to you. That's that's what it really is. It's like you're not close to the beach. You're 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 about forty minutes from the beach. To forty. See, that's another thing about LA. You're forty minutes to an hour and a half from the beach, depending on what time you you're, you're trying to get there. Right? You know, it's funny when I was growing up, they used to say uh, there was a trope that was like, everything's 20 minutes away in L.A. And I was like, that must be real outdated. Although during COVID, you could get anywhere in 20 minutes. Then I'm like, oh, that's where that came from. But to your point, it's always funny. They measure L.A. in minutes, not miles, you know, like yeah. the distance. And you're never close. No, even when you're close by, you're never close. You're not close. And you, and you never know what's going on. Sometimes you'll be, you know, you'll be looking at an Uber and it's like it says it's five minutes away. And then 15 minutes later, it's still five minutes away. <laughs> So how so you've obviously born and raised LA yes, native. Sir. Yes, sir. And and what made you start the LA in a minute um uh Instagram account? I'm, I'm all, you're also on TikTok. Yes, okay. also on TikTok. But Instagram is my preferred uh social media platform. But whatever wherever anybody wants to watch, I'm happy. I'm happy. Um so I was born in Sepulveda, which is now known as North Hills, right? Uh, geographic center point of the San Fernando Valley uh, borders Northridge, Panorama City, Arlita. Um, and my parents were big, you know, kind of L.A. nerds. They'd always take me around Los Angeles. Right. We'd go to Griffith Park. We'd go to Venice Beach, Dodger Stadium, of course, the Forum. And my dad used to always take little circuitous routes everywhere. He'd never just go straight freeway. And obviously this is Dave's before Google Maps and stuff, but just seeing different neighborhoods and all this stuff and kind of like drilled into my head, sort of the, the love of the city now. Um, but how LA in a minute came. So I always loved LA. I was always one of these kids like growing up, shoot, even as an adult, 
some athletes from LA. I'll be like, John Carlos Stanton, Notre Dame High School, Sherman Oaks, you know what I mean? So I know yeah. all that. Gilbert Arenas, Grand High School, right? Like whatever it is, just LA nerd kind of stuff. But um, so my son is eight years old now. And for the last couple years, he's been like a screen time monster. You have kids? No. Okay. So kids are, it's nuts. It's weird. I mean, I'm sure they say about every generation, but um, so it's an effort to keep him off, off the screen and that battle, I just wasn't going to win that battle. You know what I mean? So I was like, listen, if you want to stay on the screen, if you want the screen tomorrow, you have to learn something today. I didn't care what it was. It was Saturn has rings oh, or, you like know, that. blah, blah, blah. Movie was the grossest, uh, was the largest grossing movie. And I'd be like, well, it's, you learned something, you know, just to, right. just to at least be, so I could feel like, Hey, he's kidding. Like it can't just be all junk food. Correct. So now. As I said, I'm an L.A. nerd. I was a journalist coming out of college. I worked for the L.A. Times a little bit. I went to UCLA, wrote for the newspaper there. I was a sports editor for the Daily Bruin. So I'm always like a journalist at heart. I still get the L.A. Times to this day, the physical newspaper L.A. Times wow. today. So I'd always try to tell my son, Felix, I'd always be like, yo, here's the stories. Here's what's going on in Los Angeles. He's a kid. He does not did not care i'd be like you know you're eating breakfast like read the newspaper like papa used to He'd <laughs> like impossible. are you yeah are you serious like no right no you're not getting no child to read the newspaper so around like holiday time last year um and oh and this is when felix my son got into tiktok right he somehow discovered tiktok and at the time Your i was son's name's felix yeah or is it felix felix yeah how do you know because that's the that's one of the controversies. That's right, Felix. It is, especially because my wife is Mexican. So when we came up with a name. We needed something that like her family and my family could pronounce, and it would be, you know, because some kids have a very uh, Americanized name, and then the, yeah, the well, that, well, that, that was the first video of yours I saw was the Los Feliz or Los Feliz. There you go. There. So yes, Felix. Good job. Good are you job. are you in a are. You, are you in a group of like LA enthusiasts or are you those are you the foremost expert? Okay, let me let me be clear up front about something. I am not an expert. I love LA. Bullshit, but what I you do, being humble. No, what <laughs> I do is research. I do like enjoy doing research. Like I said, I mean, I was a journalist, so I like doing the homework on this stuff. One of my friends says, "Bro, you do a term paper every single day." And that's kind of like, I mean, I don't look at it like that, but ever since he said that, I'm like, it really is like that kind of research. But if you quiz me, even on like my videos, I don't know every little nugget oh, by right, heart right, that's right, in right. the videos. But yeah. yes, like I love this city. I have a genuine passion I'm, and I'm curiosity. Sure the, I'm sure the, the knowledge you're walking around with LA wise is probably more than the average person. I, I you know, like, without patting myself on the back, that's that's probably true. Just because of the research that I've done, though, right? Like, yeah, but, yeah, but that's what, but that's what's fascinating about it is, it, no, because see, that's the thing is like, I love an expert. I love it, like 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 assassins. Yeah, you know, like oh. I love to see somebody put a gun together or a pool stick. You know, or like I, the other day, I watched a video of a motherfucker laying bricks, and he was just so good at it. He was just bah, 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 right. And Dude. So, let me, let me tell you something. On that note, this is what's funny. I always talk about like reality shows, right? Is you could literally have a reality show on any group of people or any vocation. I always take the example of like landscapers or gardeners, as we used to call them in LA, where it's like people, 
you know, a lot of people, especially in nicer neighborhoods, don't even like think about them. They're just background. But if you somehow had a reality show like the real gardeners of L.A. <laughs> and you just follow them around and doing their work and what it takes to getting up early and doing here and why these dudes wear long sleeves when it's hot out. And you're like, wow, these guys like fully. Cut. But all this stuff is so interesting. But to your point, anybody that's an expert in their field is fascinating because yeah. they know it. They're like, good at it. And that knowledge and that information is what makes them what they are. And they know more about that than you or I do. And then thus yeah. it becomes interesting well, if you that, have any kind of well, that's, curiosity. That specifically, it's like the very wealthy people in L.A. know this by now. Well, some they all they all learn this lesson real quick is, you know, when you first get one of those fancy mansions and whatnot and you and you and you're used to you learn real fast to be nice to your gardener because some of you know, the first time you have the attitude, well, I can get anybody to cut my grass. It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> the dudes that cut that grass is like the dudes that cut the PGA Tour golf course. That's 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 you can't just go find somebody that can do that. That's true. But you know? on that note, I must say, being nice is one of my big things too. That people need to just be nice to people in general, man. Like yeah. that's I just want to put that out there. I know it's, that's not where you were going with that, but it's something that really irks me because again, same people you see on the way up, same people you see on the way down, but just making everybody happier and making their day. It doesn't cost anything to smile at somebody or ask them how their day was. So anyway, just... Well, just that's, a- that's tough here because uh, because the worst people from everywhere else come here. Oh, ah. Right? Let me explain. Let me rephrase that. This is a place where dreams come true. And so you... And but the amount of people that are talented and and secure is the same, but the amount of people that want to be famous is astronomical, right? So 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 L.A. gets inundated with all the people, the the talented people, but they but also they it draws the people that think they're talented and they aren't, which you know like the William Hungs of the world that like think they can sing but they really yeah. can't. It's like yeah. so it is way more of them. And so it, it's so you. It's just it's just what it is. The nicest places draw the best people and the worst people. So it's more competitive. I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. But that's only Hollywood. But at the same time, a movie. You ever see the movie Big Lebowski? Yeah. Okay. So that dude could literally only exist in Los Angeles. He's not competing. Not trying to be famous. Just literally drifting at whichever way the wind blows. I mean, that kind of is sort of like another <laughs> L.A. mentality. And not to say he's a good guy or bad guy, but but going back to the point, I mean, for me, I just feel like you put good, and I always tell this to my son, you put good energy out there, you get good energy back. You know, it's not oh, not, yeah. not foolproof, but it's a it's a good way to go. Is there is there anything that I absolutely because I'm I'm moving um, this week, Uh-oh. this weekend? Is there anything I absolutely have to do before I leave LA? Any food I have oh, to try? My gosh, I don't know what you have or haven't done. My favorite restaurant is Jitlada. It's a Thai food restaurant in East Hollywood. Um, Jitlada. Yeah, but it dep- yeah. depends what you're into, though. That's like no, a restaurant that's a do not miss. Super spicy, if you want. If you oh, no. not everything. Super-, super spicy. Okay, okay, okay. Um, food wise, I mean, look. What are you? What are you into? Let's just say a steak. <sighs> Again, I just actually had a conversation. There's a nice steakhouse downtown called Nick and Steph's, which has a nice outdoor patio. It's not necessarily the best steak in L.A. It's good. Um, but, man, good steak. There are a lot of good places. Fish. 
sushi roll on Ventura. This is something I just learned. So you ever heard of su- sushi roll on Ventura? Mm-mm. Okay, so Ventura Boulevard has the highest concentration of sushi restaurants in the world outside of Tokyo. At one point on Ventura Boulevard, there were 190 sushi restaurants at the same time. 190 sushi restaurants. Now, it's a bit deceptive because Ventura Boulevard is also the longest contiguous uh, stretch of businesses on any street in the world. So it's a lot of uh, oh. businesses to draw from. But still, and like I think it's 22 miles long. Uh, 190 sushi restaurants is insane. But the reason it developed is because the concentration of like master sushi chefs started there. Teru Sushi in 1979, uh, you know, was the first like notable sushi restaurant. And then just little by little, all these sushi chefs kind of, you know, success. You fall in the footsteps of success. Um, so I, there's a lot of can't miss places. The original Katsuya. I know Katsuya has this reputation as like a party spot and blah, 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 the one in Hollywood. But the one on Ventura and Studio City is the original Katsuya that to me is my favorite sushi in the Valley. So that's that's where I go. Sushi Row on Ventura. Well, Sushi Row is like what the stretch of Ventura is called with all the sushi restaurants. Oh. Over, in, over in Studio City. Yeah, but okay. the original Katsuya is in uh, Studio City. Now, otherwise, regular fish right here in Van Nuys, there's a place called Marisco's 818. Um uh, catch 818 when goes 818 right there in front of the Van Nuys airport which is awesome that has like this agua chile dish okay. let me get back to just to close out the story on, on why I started Ellie in a minute if you don't mind no no please yeah okay. I interrupted you so it's last no you didn't interrupt it's your show yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so last holiday right my son's right getting into TikTok and stuff like this we are at my wife's um, family's wife's family's house for like Christmas right now she has all her cousins huge family and, uh, you know, I was sort of lamenting the fact that I'm like, dude, Felix is always on screens. Like, what do I do? I tried this trick, which seems to work, but he still watches junk. It's not like that makes him watch all this history channel stuff. He just learns one thing, then puts on the garbage. And then so my wife's little cousins are like, um, you know, maybe you should have them watch news on TikTok. And I was like, okay, get out of here. I saw what news on Facebook did to the world. Like, news on TikTok sounds terrible. <laughs> You know, what is it like somebody telling the news while they're doing a dance like this dumb show me a couple of videos and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. But the seed was planted. And then so what I did, I was like, you know what I'm going to do since he watches TikTok and he does. He does listen to me. He's a good kid. Um, just doesn't want to see me like read the newspaper, hear my facts. I was like, I'm going to put these L.A. news stories on TikTok. And this is how it started L.A. in a minute. To be honest, I don't know where the name came from. It just came to me. But um I started, if you go back to the original videos, I was holding like an LA Times, physical LA Times, and I'd be like, these are the three big stories of the day, you know, in LA News, stuff like that. And TikTok's algorithm is very interesting. It's different than those other social media because you don't need to be boosted by a celebrity to get a lot of views. They put it out to a certain number of people. If that engagement is high, they'll put it out to more people. If that engagement is high. So like on your first video, in theory, you could get a million views, you know, if your content is that great and people respond to it. So that started getting a little bit of traction. But then, you know, there's not interesting news every day. So I was reading this book called L.A.'s Legendary Restaurants uh, by this author called George Geary. And I 
got into like, what are the oldest restaurants in LA? And everybody knows that a lot of fast food was invented in LA. So I put out this one called uh, oldest fast food chains that originated in Los Angeles. Everything from McDonald's to Taco Bell to Bob's Big Boy. See, I didn't know McDonald's started here. San Bernardino, technically. But mm-hmm. it was actually the Aerodrome. So the McDonald brothers, their dad had a restaurant called the Aerodrome that started uh, inside the LA County confines. It was this weird shaped building, kind of almost like a like a UFO, like an octagon kind of, I guess. The McDonald brothers literally moved the building to San Bernardino, changed the menu, and it opened as McDonald's Barbecue. That was the name of it. It wasn't, it wasn't even like barbecue food. They were known for their burgers and fries. But I guess back then, like being a barbecue restaurant was a big thing. So they moved it to, uh, to San Bernardino. And yeah, that's where it started. So, but, um, so that video became... Uh, fairly big and then since then that's sort of been the theme is like okay people want and it's more interesting for me to do the history or the oddball trivia or tidbits or a lot of times i'm just driving and i'm like what is that thing or this idea like squirrels or or one today i did mosquitoes i don't know if you get bit by mosquitoes a lot i do they're always on your ankles and i'm like what's up with these mosquitoes turns out that la has an invasive species, mosquito species that attacks from the knee down. Back when you were a kid, I don't know if you remember, the mosquitoes were big and slow. You could smack them. If they got you, they'd get your like, shoulder, your arm. Nowadays, dude, my ankles are all bitten up. Turns out in 2001, there was a shipping container from China that brought in those lucky bamboo plants. Apparently, some of them were infested with eggs, and it's a different kind of mosquito. It's called an Aedes, A-E-D-E-S mosquito, the ones that were... Uh, uh, native to Los Angeles are called Kulex, but these ones are more tenacious. They're more insidious. They're smarter. They're faster. They're smaller. And they only bite from the knee down as one of those natural uh, selection things because it's harder to swat. If you see a mosquito right here, you're just like this, right? Dude, this is, this is making so much <laughs> make sense to me. So just like anything. And L.A., I always say this, like around every corner, everywhere you look, there's something exciting. There's something fun right down here. After this, I'm going to go to that Wat Thai temple, which is the, was the first Thai Buddhist temple in America. It's right down the street. It's in Sun Valley. Um, and it's, it turns out Los Angeles has the largest population of Thai people outside of Thailand. So, I mean, I'm going to check that out. I know they have this big food. Event. That's something you could check out if you're leaving later than uh, Saturday is Saturday and Sunday. They have this food fest, which is like some awesome, authentic Thai food. But it was started by literal Thai Buddhist monks in 1972. They planted the seeds in 1970, but they built it in 1972. But it literally is a Thai Buddhist temple just sitting here in the middle of Sun Valley which is like pretty, pretty surrounded crazy. by all the porn. Yeah, dude. But again, it's like factories and like the mountains and like you're like, but everything is so interesting. I mean, if you have a curiosity and a passion, like yeah, everything, limitless. everything is here. Yes. Yes. Everything is in LA except New York. <laughs> right. Everything is here. It's, yeah. it, it, it's true. It's like the only thing that's missing is just other places, but you, there's nothing you see. This is one thing I do love about it. This is what I'm going to miss. One thing I love, do love about LA is that every, is that you won't miss any media. Every movie premieres here, every song, every trend, all the fashion, all the shows, totally. Totally. Every, every tour, everything comes here. Absolutely. I mean, world city, world metropolis. And one of the things that intrigues me about that is LA is such like a young city uh, relative to all the all the great cities in the world. I mean, literally in 1880, the population of Los Angeles was less than 10,000 people. 
and I mean, if you think about it, that's 140 years, but less than 10,000 people. It's a it's a town. It's less than a town. And in fact, it was considered the most dangerous and lawless place in the United States as recently as 1871. Because it was so far west and so far south. The literal Wild West. Yeah. The literal so, Wild so West. So let me ask you this. So is this correct? Because I've, I've been spreading this information, so I hope yes, it's real. But I, I remember reading that Hollywood... Um, quite by not not accident, but because because it, it used to be a lot of orange trees and lemon trees and shit, and and because there were so many different vistas, because you know because you got the mountains, you got the tree, you got the, the orange groves, you got the you know all the different um what, what am I trying to say locations all yeah. the different someone filmed a movie here. Because it it's not like they decided this is where the movies would be. But mm-hmm. somebody filmed a movie here way, way back in the day when, when moving pictures was a, was kind of a new thing. Somebody filmed a movie here because it was so many different places to film for cheap so you didn't have to travel. Right? And then that movie ended up being a hit. I don't know, like an unexpected hit. And then every movie studio started moving here. That's, that's, and that, that's why Hollywood is Hollywood. Okay, okay. Is that, is so that true? Parts, pieces of that are true. Pieces okay, that are all true. right, let me know what's up. So check this out. So Moving Pictures started in uh, New Jersey. Uh, Thomas Edison, the Thomas Edison, had the patent on, uh, on motion pictures, right? Okay. And that's where, because he had invented the technology, that's where the movies were being made. But he didn't, as much of a gen- a literal all-time world genius he was, he didn't have the foresight to see movies being what they are today. So he thought he was going to make more wealth on um, enforcing the patents, right? So he had the patent for all this moving p- motion picture stuff. So everybody would either give him a piece of their movie or they couldn't make the movie or he'd sue him, right? So what happened is one pr- movie producer... Um, was like, I'm going to get as far away, because this is like the 1890s, 1900s, early 1900s. like, I'm going to get as far away from Edison as I can to make my movies. What's further from New Jersey than Los Angeles? Comes out to Los Angeles, and then this is where your theory does get, come true, where he's like, wait a minute, I have mountains, I have desert, I have ocean, I have right. hot valley. So then to the point of like, wait a minute, not only am I away from Edison and him trying to enforce all these patents and suing me, but I have literally every climate, every background uh, possible. And then that kind of sparked the uh, the movement to Hollywood. But Hollywood itself was originally known as Hollywood Land, and it was a real estate development by Harry Chandler and some other people, but mostly behind Harry Chandler of the LA Times. And if you really want an interesting story, I won't get into this because there's more people right now, but Harry Chandler and the LA Times literally are one of the main reasons that LA is what it is today because they get into that. Our our audience is smart, right? Well, smart, but dense though. So, okay. So look, so it started with, it started with uh, the bullet points. Okay. So Harrison Otis, um, Harry Chandler, 1880s, 1890s, LA again, lawless, dusty town. Um, they started a newspaper and their newspaper was built on a couple things. Number one, no unions. Number two, basically promoting propaganda for Los Angeles, getting people to move to Los Angeles, uh, buy the real estate of Los Angeles. Why? Because the land was cheap back then. They snatched it all up and it was based. And luckily it ends up being like a great place, but they wanted to get people to move to Los Angeles. So all the stories were basically like, I want to call it propaganda, call it uh, uh, hucksterism, if you will. Um, getting people to move to Los Angeles. 
But because what they did in L.A. doesn't we have a water problem. L.A. is and always has been this drought thing isn't new. Uh, L.A. is an arid coastal desert. Right. So L.A. just doesn't have enough water to be a big city. What they did was go and get the water from the Owens River Valley. But before they did that, they had bought up all the land in the San Fernando Valley and all the outskirts where all the suburbs are. And they were like, once we get this water in here from 250 miles away, which in itself is such a Herculean task of engineering. And it's literally like a wonder of the world that they have this aqueduct from the Owens River Valley to Los Angeles. But um, they knew that as soon as we can irrigate and fertilize all this land, now you have this great, valuable land to sell. So the LA Times, the, the main people from the LA Times, along with other people like Moses Sherman, uh, Isaac, uh, Isaac Newton, Van Nuys, Isaac Lankersham, um, these big conglomerates, a lot of them streets are named after them and stuff like that. But they owned all the land and the LA Times would just come to LA, land of health, land of oranges, you know, you're going to get healthy, the sun, blah, blah, blah. And tuberculosis was huge back then. And what the LA Times started doing was printing these, uh, forget what it's called, but special issue LA Times is to put in newspapers across the country during the winter. So in Indiana, in oh. New Jersey, when it's cold and people are freezing their asses off, you see pictures of sunshine LA. It's like this, like the, uh, my dad used to always say this to me on the, on J- January 1st, every year we'd watch the Rose bowl. He'd be drinking a bottle of cheap champagne. I remember it with his shorts on. He'd be like, we're the only place in the country where you can wear shorts on January 1st. Like the rest of the country's freezing their asses off and he's like yeah. we're out here wearing shorts i guess san diego too but yeah. um so either way that was like kind of the propaganda that brought people out here and um yeah so the la times was sort of behind all that with real estate water and believe it or not la used to be the world leader in mass transit as recently as 1914 okay now break that down for me Dude, because because okay because I hear, I've heard this too. I've heard that LA is, oh man, th- that we used to have the uh, oh, an intricate man. like uh, uh, streetcar system and the subway plan. The planned subway was like going to rival New York City. This blows my mind. So it wasn't even cue, planned. Cue the clip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit right here. So, dude. So, oh, this is this literally blew my mind. Okay, so there's a railway station kind of by my house in North Hollywood, right? I, I've seen it a hundred times, maybe more. Never thought much of it, you know what I mean? But it's like an old building. But again, 1890s isn't like, oh my God, that's crazy old. It is old for LA. But I'm looking into it. And it turns out that that's one of the original railway stops in Los Angeles. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I was like, maybe I should do a story on this. And the more I'm looking into it and I'd heard all this stuff, I was like, wait, LA wasn't supposed to be a railway leader. LA, get this, there were more electric train station stops than there are f- back then in the 1910s than there are freeway exits today. So there were over a thousand miles of track. There were uh, 20 different lines, right? And there was everywhere four counties San Bernardino County, Kern County, Orange, Riverside, Los Angeles, every county. There was this extensive network that Henry Huntington ran uh, Pacific Electric, Southern Pacific. He consolidated them. But Los Angeles was a real city. And if you see these maps, it's mind boggling because it's like, let's say you see the uh, New York subway maps. 
and you're kind of like, okay, that's that's a lot, dude. Like, how do I figure? I mean, you learn how to figure it out, but it's like there's a lot of stops. And if I got to go to Staten Island, or if I need to go to Queens, then I need to go to the Bronx. Like, how do I get there? And blah blah blah. I need to switch trains, dude. I'm looking at these old LA railway maps with over a thousand different stops, and it's funny because it wasn't. Now you have you know every mile there's a freeway exit which is still kind of a lot but back then it was like seemingly every block and the reason why is because all these real estate purveyors they'd buy a piece of land that wasn't developed first thing you do is now you get an extension on the train to now we have a stop in arcadia now we have a stop in whittier now we have a stop in glendale and now we have a stop in watts that's how all these so, towns so develop what, hap- what happened dude so what happened okay so there's the conspiracy which may or may not be a conspiracy. I'll tell you. So a big investor in the the rail lines, because they ended up not being super profitable after a while, right? That's just too many stuff. It's like, that's tough. Infrastructure is a tough business to be profitable in. So they stopped being as profitable in a while. And this is uh, after World War I. People are, you know, they want more autonomy. Um, They're starting to travel more. And roads weren't what they were, right? The first freeway wasn't until the Arroyo Seco in 1940 was built. And the first paved... Was that here? Yeah. The first freeway was here? Yeah, 1940, Arroyo Seco, the 110. You know it as the 110. Um, So the first paved like highway was Route 66. And that started in 1926, but it wasn't even paved until 1938. So 1938, you couldn't even drive coast to coast on pavement. That's, that's pretty recent. So it makes sense. Cars are new. There's not even a lot of roads. Trains were the way, uh, were the uh, wave of the future, if you will, for transportation. But now all these investors in the train lines were the same like car companies that ended up being car companies, General Motors, uh, Firestone, Goodyear. And what they're seeing is people's tastes were changing. Now, this is where it becomes like, is it a conspiracy or is it really just like, yo, people would rather control their own self in a car. They'd rather have the autonomy of driving a car than like waiting on a train. Even if they're efficient and nice, for me, I would take a car like nine out of 10 times. I wouldn't say 10 out of 10, but I like driving. So, but so General Motors, Firestone, Goodyear. So they start buying more of the railroad lines and start buying more of the infrastructure from those, uh, you know, the tracks, the station, stuff like this. And little by little, they start dismantling them, right? Because at the same time, you have the ascension of the car and you have uh, uh, Dwight Eisenhower passing the, uh, forget what it's called, but the, the act to build more freeways and, and realizing that, you know, people are using cars more. We need paved roads we need a highway system we See, need you, all this you, stuff you're positive i say conspiracy <laughs> and a lot of people straight say up, that to this straight day up conspiracy, if yeah. you look it up there's a wikipedia entry for general motors conspiracy which says that general motors because they wanted to shoehorn everybody into driving cars is the main reason why they took control of the railways and started dismantling sure them. Something similar happened in San Diego too. It was the Federal Aid Highway Act, by the way. There the you Eisenhower. Yeah, so, Thank so, you. so here's my other question: Do you, do you, ha- do you know anything about uh, any other cities? Because I can't imagine that you would do, in 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 your research for L.A. There's no fucking way you don't come across some other sh- like mind blowing fact about some other cities. It's always cool stuff. Every city has cool stuff. Every, now everywhere I go, I look at it through those eyes. The city I know best besides LA is Vegas because my dad used to be a boxing manager. So we another go to- arid desert that they convince people to move to. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right? So interesting fact about Vegas that I just learned. 
Vegas is the only city that's taking water from the because you know it's drought. Everybody's talking about the drought, which is real. Um, and Colorado River, we're running out of water, and Lake Mead, and everything's running out of water, and the waters are dangerously low. Vegas is the only city taking water out of the Colorado River right now that's not using their full allotment. Every other city, whether it's Arizona, Utah, like Salt Lake City, Phoenix, well, how, Los Angeles. How, how is that possible? That's what I wanted to know. I, I, see, I haven't looked into the depth, but I wonder, does is Vegas's allotment just so high that they're not hitting it? Mm. Or I do know this, like Vegas for all of its, uh, you know, I don't want to say wastefulness, but, you know, Vegas goes over the top with, yeah, with yeah. All, what excess. they do. We but they're excess. smart. The people who run that shit are so smart. And at a certain point, like, it does become smart and cost efficient to either conserve or maybe they're re- reusing it in creative ways or whatever yeah. it is. But, yeah, Vegas is probably the c- city that I know, like, the best. I've been to Vegas, like, five times this year. Yeah. Yes. And 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 what always blows my mind is because it's because n- normally I won't eat seafood somewhere that's not near water. Yeah. Yeah, but Vegas. I don't know what they spend to get fresh seafood in Vegas, but I'll, I'll tell you this: it's funny. There's this Greek seafood place. I don't know if it's still there. It was in the Cosmo. There was this uh, Greek seafood restaurant, and they used to say that they had a shipment flown in every day from Greece of fresh seafood. Now, again, I have no reason to doubt it. I believe. But it. again, when you go there and you're trying that fish, you're like, "Wow, this is fresh and delicious." You go to Vegas. Best steak I ever had in my life. Bizarre Meats in Vegas. Really? Bruh. The one here closed. Yeah, the SLS. With, with, so right? I did, I discovered it in Vegas and then found out there was one here and then found out it was closed. Wow. But But Bizarre Meat, yeah, man. They had, like, it was the best thing I ever had. It was That's awesome. easily Mental the note. most tasty. It, it Maybe um, it was the whole experience, but Bizarre Meat, check it out. Um, okay, so here's the other thing, too. So you were naming all of these, these, uh, these dope restaurants in L.A., but have you noticed... Because I've no, because you you were talking about the oldest places, but I've noticed that post pandemic, or can we even say that? Yeah. Well, what a CDC post, came up. post treating the pandemic seriously. Okay, right, 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 <laughs> good. Right. Well said. So, uh, so yeah, this this is this this is post straight face pandemic. <laughs> this is pandemic with a smiley face. Um, we, I've noticed that like the places with the, you can't necessarily go off reputation anymore because. Because so so there's this whole thing too about nobody wants to work and all this and I've and I look up the I looked up the history of that it's like it it's sort of this anti labor thing that always comes up that no one wants to work but the truth is no one so in, what I'm saying is no one wants to pay anyone more because everyone's been losing money and then no one wants to work for shit wages so you, what, what ends up happening is you end up having you end up having the people that will that are willing to like you instead of getting the best people you end up having the people that are willing to do it right Man. and so you know at all not every single one but a lot of the restaurants I went, I've gone to that I loved before the pandemic they're just not the same I love dude honestly Brian like this is one of not just a fantastic point but something I've kind of been pounding the table on like look when restaurants first opened back up during pandemic, you you couldn't expect, right? Of right. course, of right. course. And you're like, hey, it's my favorite restaurant. It's a little off, but you're like, hey, I'm just glad to be out here eating at a restaurant, right? But then in the after, well, again, not the aftermath, the straight faced aftermath, <laughs> I guess. You're going back to these places, and you're like, ah, it's just not as good. And like you said, you hear about, okay, maybe the the line cooks are different, you know, staff, the staff's different, they're short handed, blah blah blah. Supply chain issues became a real thing. But I have a 
I'm not going to call it like a theory, but this is what I think. The nice restaurants, the reputational restaurants, not to take anything away from anybody, but they just aren't back to where they were for the for the reasons you named. And right now, and it's funny, you asked me, is there somewhere I should go eat, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, it's a different era. Because if right. you would ask me in 2019, I'd be like, go oh, yeah. here and then go there. And then this place and oh, you got to check this out. Oh, my God, this place is to die you know for. Some, you know something we're overlooking to what? is the old people. That that are that can't come back, like the, yep. so. Like the, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of restaurants that have been killing it since like the 1960s or whatever, and their best hostess was 66 years old, <laughs> right, right. And their best line cook the, was the improv was like that. The, the yeah. best bartender at the improv was this old guy. I forget his name. Forgive me, but he's he's not dead, but he's just a lot. A lot of people took early retirement, right? Uh, when wow. COVID hit, and they have no reason to come back, especially if they're older. They're more likely to get sick, yeah. so, and that so could be like, really disastrous like, for them. A, so a, imagine me and that dude that's been because you know there's places where like this this you know this broth has been has been brewing for. 50 years 100%. you know what I mean because I actually saw something like that the other day where they you know every night they, they dump they dump some of the broth you know in, like a in, sourdough in, starter if you will yeah, and then, or and like, then, and then yeah. They, yeah the next so it's like it's a 50 year old thing that they just it's keep yeah, but, it's but it's like yeah. some, someone knows when it's off someone knows you know all the little uh, idiosyncrasies of the process and the restaurant it's institutional and they're all knowledge gone. base. Yeah, it's an institutional yeah. knowledge so, base. So lost. they're gone, yeah. and then new kids are. I don't want to say lazy, but yeah, that's they're lazy. New kids are new kids are used to things world. being. E- it's a yeah. different it's a different world. world. Dude. So so maybe we maybe they're we gotta- not lazy though. It's that it's that it's that some things, especially when it comes to like food. To I mean to learn how to really cook the fuck out of a steak. That takes a long time Thank to develop God. that expertise. I don't know. I did it in six months, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. I'm a beast. But 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 if you if if you um you know but, but what I'm saying is like if if I snapped my fingers and killed everybody that knew how to churn butter, <laughs> we'd be some butterless motherfuckers. Because who who how do you even discover? You, do you think we could rediscover that? Churning butter, probably, but like, there's other things that I think are more complex. Because like, some people, some people take fresh cow's milk. They get butter, sour cream, curds, all this other yeah. shit. And I would, I wouldn't have the slightest clue. Start? Where do you even start? No, That's or, hilarious. Or imagine yeah. if, like, if, like, if we, if I just blew up all the GPS satellites, mm. and everybody had mm. to learn how to read a map. Mm. That's that's because I knew how to, I know how to read maps and I've forgotten I don't even I Thomas couldn't do it. Guy, you guys remember Thomas Guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was the thing right there, and that I need to find out if that's an LA only thing. But, but they he, still he, use still. those in uh, in ambulances because you can't trust the GPS one hundred percent. Oh yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, they still so, you, so yeah. I, I, can you I, imagine I, dying while the GPS is recalculating? <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. or or I mean, like you have you have to know how to read Thomas book so that you can actually get around because there's going to be stuff in there that the GPS is not updated or there's going to be roads that are. Or the EMT is like it says the hospital's right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing on here. the way here. In fact, you know San Fernando Road where it's at. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you know, kind of. Just, like double, it's one of those where it's like you can make a right here at San Fernando oh, Railroad. Don't, don't tell people where our studio is. Crazy groupies. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have groupies. Well, no, no, San no, Fernando no, no, Road no. is a huge, huge street and one of the most historic roads in all of Los Angeles because that's where the train first 
came into Los Angeles from the north. So without San Fernando Road, there would be no San Fernando Valley. And it stretches all the way from the north end of San Fernando Valley all the way through downtown. Are you, are you that, are you that's, why, that's why the intersection is so fucked up. Okay, that, that makes sense. There you go. Are you sick of this? Because I, I just imagine you, like every time, y'all, I imagine you sitting around a, a, like a fire pit and everyone just being like, so what about this? Like every time you every time you at a party with your wife and shit, like every everyone's just asking you questions. I'm curious way. though. That's why because I'm passionate about Me too. it. So everything I hear, I'm I'm all what I w- lament is the fact that I don't have enough time to get to all of it because it's like if I post something or talk about something, everybody's like, "Well, what about this? You need to cover this," and it's not annoying, but it's only like, "Oh shit, I do need to cover that because that's interesting and I want to so, know the history." So you're gonna, you're gonna what, are you gonna do a podcast about our life? Because you know, you know, I know everyone's like, oh, everyone has a podcast, yeah, but not everyone's good at it. <laughs> this is interesting it to me. Seems like it seems like a lot of work because though. look, everybody because Rob, Rob had never heard of you when I when I was like he's going to be a guest, and when I walked in, he was looking at the videos because because it, it's you get you get hooked in. I I think again, it's just it's good. I don't I hate to use this term, but good content because it's interesting. And like, hopefully I'm not being a jerk about it. And I, I, I just want to share that passion and shine a positive light on Los Angeles because there's so many negative stereotypes and tropes. I used to always hear whenever I grew up, LA has no culture. LA has no history. Bullshit. LA has so much of both. You just need to look for it. And again, to this conversation we were having prior to the show, people from outside are like, oh, well, LA is just Hollywood and the beach and Beverly Hills. And that's it. Yeah, I'm that's, like, dude, that's not even like yeah, that's real irritating. LA. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood is like. Hollywood is like twenty percent of it. Not, not even. even, not even, not right? even. Yeah. It's important. Look, Hollywood is important it's very because important. of what it produces. It's where all the money comes. Yeah, from. but like, yeah. it's always funny when people come from outside of LA. They're like, "I want to go to Hollywood." I'm like, "No, you don't." You're gonna be a little disappointed. Like, like, yeah, because because like, here's the thing: you gonna get <laughs> tourists. You're, I guess, you're you're gonna be disappointed before you even leave Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> because those stars are only clean for like three blocks, <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, wait a minute! You can't, like you can't make no turns." You're just like, "Wait, wait oh. a minute! This is this is not what it is on the TV." Yeah. But but when I but you know what? There's no feeling though. The first time I came, so before I had the balls to move here, the first time yeah. I came here, I was I was asleep in the car and I woke up and we were on Hollywood Boulevard and it it intimidated the shit out of me like all the the lights and the tourists and everything really? because I didn't experience anything else. This is my first time right. ever in LA. I right. wake up, it's you know it's nighttime and it's it's a big deal. It's in full Hollywood Boulevard yeah. mode and I see the dude dressed as Michael Jordan and the dude is painted gold and it and it's. People are dancing and pop locking and, and and it was just a lot and I was like, is this LA? I'm not ready for this. It's overwhelming. It's definitely overwhelming. But then you but then you go down you go down like three more blocks and you're like, oh, this is just a regular place. <laughs> and that, and that's the funny thing. I, I used to live on Franklin. That was my yeah. favorite. Like it was, I was just so it, like that little neighborhood. Which I just loved living. There. It was like it was like by that Gel, there's a Gelsons over there. Yeah, yeah, I used to live. I was like the next block from the Gelsons, and then the and then the um, the Improv Theater is right there. Yeah, it's cute and it's walkable. Yeah. Well, cute might be the wrong word, but it's it's yeah. like it's got a personality and yeah. it's walkable and it's cool. And then like and then once the Scientology people know that you're really really not gonna take the pamphlet, they they're cool. Uh, one quick thing, I want to go back real quick about restaurants. I will say, and I feel this is very important for Los Angeles, the places to eat are the literal mom and pop spots. Go to that place in the strip mall. Yeah. Go. To, we have so many different like ethnicities and types of food, Filipino food, Salvadorian pupusaria, like 
every single Mexican place. There's this uh, there's this media outlet called LA Taco that does a really good job journalism wise. But they started by like reviewing tacos and everything. And every year they have this thing called Taco Madness, right? And it's like the NCAA tournament brackets where they do 64 different taquerias matching head to head and they have like a vote and you know every they end up with like the number one taqueria but i always bring that up or i bring that up here i should say because what other cities do you have 64 restaurants of one type of cuisine that are even good enough to get in the dance to even be in the tournament so i say like because la like obviously look first of all la was a mexican city was part of mexico before so it really is like a mexican city obviously huge mexican population but, dude, those are the places you ask about restaurants. Any strip mall, there's so many. Korean, Koreatown, Chinese, all these great places. San Gabriel Valley has the best Chinese food outside of China. So, I mean, like, the big food restaurants. Trucks. And food the- trucks around here are fucking killer. Food trucks, oh, yeah. man. Because, like, like, like the, I've, I've, the, the, the 64 seed, you know, yes. taco thing. That doesn't even include, like, some of the best tacos I've ever had is Tacos Leon over in Culver City. Yes. That's, it's mind-blowing. Dude, and so- it's just a fucking truck i love it i love i love it when you like because that's the other thing too you the the nicest restaurants aren't aren't always they don't always look nice on the outside or sometimes it'll be like it'll be like a laundromat and a and a locksmith and then and then and then the the name of the place is just thai food and you're like what the fuck and you go in there and it's like the best shit you've ever had so yeah you can't you can't you're not necessarily got to go to like some people because the people from out people that haven't lived here they think that like you could all the nice shit is just in Beverly Hills or just, you know what I mean? Like they, or they have to go to the Grove yes, or yes. it's like, no, no, man. Some of the nicest shit is you, it's in an unsuspecting place. You would never guess that like this parking garage has like a little booth in it. And there's a, you know, there's a man right. that just gives you a burrito through a hole or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Perfect illustration right there. Two things I like to say. Number one, you get the same rush of endorphins from, a from Jack in the Box at 2 a.m. as you do from eating a Michelin star re- meal. So let's let's just call it what it is. Like you go to your and not to say, look, it's a different experience, and that's part of it, and blah blah blah. And you're with your wife or your girlfriend, trying to impress her. It's a different story. But like people that are sort of elitist about food, it's like, dude, just be real with yourself. Like that taco truck is the exact. It does the same thing for your brain, your stomach, your mood. As like you know, Gordon Ramsay or whoever, yeah, like, and your and your bo- your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and keep one more thing, just about taco trucks. The taco truck was literally invented in Los Angeles. Raul Martinez of King Taco, uh, nineteen seventy four. Uh, he immigrated from Mexico City. Was watching soccer games at MacArthur Park. And back home in Mexico City, they used to like make carne asada during the soccer. And now it's like commonplace. But he was like, you know what? I'm going to buy an ice cream truck, make it a, quote, restaurant on wheels and start serving carne asada. Sure enough, first day he sold 70 bucks worth of tacos, which in 1974 is a good night. Second day, double that amount. Within six months, King Taco opened. Now there's over 20 uh, King Tacos. But that was the first taco truck. And that was invented right here in Los Angeles. And then Roy Choi of Koji... Um, or Kogi, I'm not. I've only been going there for 15 years, but um, that was the taco truck that kind of kicked everything into high gear because he food truck, if you will, but it's Korean tacos. But he uh, was the first one to sort of capitalize on social media. It's right when like Twitter got big, so it was like we're gonna be at the corner of like third and da da and then like okay, now we're gonna be in Northridge, and like mm. it became a thing. So taco truck, food truck culture literally came from LA too, which I think is very important. I learned a lot today. Is there mm-hmm. any final question you you have for Evan? 
Have you ever done a uh, bit on Baxter's Choo Choo? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, what is that? You, you know who Baxter Ward is? The uh, He worked on the L.A. County Supervisors. I know uh, the name. I don't know anything beyond that. He, he, uh, he did, in 1976, he was the one who proposed the referendum for the, the Metro Link in L.A., and then okay. it got voted down. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? He ran for mayor like four or five times or something. He's Keep been, going, yeah. Uh, but it, that would be an awesome. That would be an awesome Dude. topic for for a bit. And I'm telling you this: every oh, wow. uh, turnover a rock, and you got See, an awesome story. See what I'm talking about? I know this I know. motherfucker always knows some shit that yeah, I don't that was know. Deep cut. That was okay. true. Deep so, cut. Right okay, there, yeah. my last quick question. Yeah. This maybe this is a waste of my last question. Okay, <laughs> it, why did they take the land off Hollywood? It was used to be Hollywood land. Great question. Now it's only Hollywood. What happened? It used to be Hollywood land, and the sign used to say Hollywood land. And to be fully honest with you, just as a development, it was too long. And the people who wanted to maintain the sign, because it wasn't maintained, they, they had put it up, and it was real estate development, and the, the real the developers you know, sold their land, and they were like, we're fucking out of here. Um, it was when they wanted to start a, um, you know, keep the sign keep the sign nice they were just like it doesn't need the land it sounds just as good hollywood so is hollywood a real wood so there's multiple stories about why uh it's called hollywood one of them is that one of the founders she had a tree that was like a holly tree and she wanted to call it like hollywood but that one doesn't really stand up too much but um there's not really a conclusive story on why they called it hollywood yeah okay Anything you, you want to plug before you leave? Follow LA in a Minute on Instagram. It's at LA in a Minute, just like Los Angeles, LA in a Minute. And uh, if you if you have TikTok, it's Evan Lovett, E-V-A-N-L-O-V-E-T-T. But you can find me if you look up it's LA It's not in a LA minute. in a Minute on TikTok? I could get into that. I, I haven't changed it over yet. I have both, but you find me if you look up LA oh, in a Minute. I thought it was going to be like yet. a cool story about like No, that one movie. is not a cool story. Okay, yeah. um, but and, and, LA in a Minute. And of course, you know, we uh, actually, should we do one article before he leaves? Sure. We can do an article okay, let's before do he that. leaves. Let's do that. Um, we should also do, a, we, we talked last time about uh, philosophical quandaries as well, becoming a regular thing. Oh, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't do that. You didn't one. prep one? Okay. Um, yeah, we like philosophical quandaries out here. <laughs> um, uh, let's do an article. Okay, let's do one. Blah, 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 blah. Cause it's kind of what we do. So, but see, we 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 could ask this motherfucker questions all day. All right, let's do something light. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay you know what? Whatever. Okay, police find. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scientists, not police. Look at you, quite different yeah, things that, right there. That, cha- that changes the whole. Yeah, that's a very different Cause, vibe. Because if, if it's an article about something police found, it's usually not a good thing, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> okay, uh, study finds. So, okay, study finds that rainwater is no longer safe to drink oh. anywhere on Earth. Oh, come on. Yeah. Even Amazon or something? Even like uh, nowhere. Pure okay. nowhere. Keep going. Um, so researchers at Stockholm University and, and ETH Zurich <sighs> University found that the water is unsafe due to the presence of forever chemicals, uh-huh. which have been found in remote places like Antarctica and on the Tibetan Plateau. Okay. According to the study, the rainwater contains per and poly per and poly substances. Fluoroalkyl. 
fluoroalkyl <laughs> substances, PFAS, human-made chemicals used in various consumer industrial uh, products. Okay. We just said these chemicals don't break down in the environment, and based on the latest U.S. guidelines for PFOA in drinking water, rainwater everywhere would be judged unsafe to drink. Although in the industrial world, we don't often drink rainwater, many people around the world expect it to be safe to drink, and it supplies many of our drinking water sources. The study was published last week in the journal uh, Environmental Science and Technology. Ugh, okay. That okay. wasn't light at all. So, I, re- I remember going outside, ah, when it was raining. Me too, absolutely. Especially here in L.A. because the rain's and, so rare. I go and bathe and, in, in the rain outside. So this, this PFOA, apparently, like, it'll, it'll fucking ruin your... But you know what? You want to take on that? Yeah. So here's the deal. There was a study like a few months ago that came out that said like every newborn baby has a certain percentage of microplastics, right? Because that's how many microplastics we ingest on a daily basis, including even like pregnant mothers who are so careful. My philosophy is this. It's like, do I believe it? Of course, it's probably true. But again, you're not going to avoid these poisons or these chemicals in doing Uh, anything in, in normal life right now. So get out there. Enjoy the rain. Suck up some rainwater. You're not drinking gallons of it at a time. I mean, don't yeah. it, like. And I think that's way worse. Way and, worse. Like dude. I found out the other day that like a friend of mine told me that our our taints are shrinking. Our taints. Our taints. Oh, the space between your butthole and your balls this is, is getting smaller, and that's probably more concerning than um, than rainwater being unsafe or whatever. Pollution like, is. <laughs> Pollution is shrinking human penises. Warn scientists. Oh, well, oh, now that. Well, well, the taint, the taint size and penis size are connected, right? That would that would make sense to yeah. me. And so, yeah, the penis sizes are shrinking. Um, that's a little more. But clitorises are getting huge. No, that's not what's happening. <laughs> so, 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 um, yeah. I guess we, I guess we don't have a conclusion on that because it was a big science story, but it's not something that we can do anything about. No, no. It's like them telling you, oh yeah, wait a minute, before you get out of here, let's. I want to dispel this myth. Because I learned this is false. The air in LA is not the, the it, it, in the in the in the late '80s, early '90s. It was horrible. Now mm-hmm. it's it's a hundred times better than, than that. Yes, but it still has the reputation for the smog and whatnot. Check this out: the air in Los Angeles was actually the worst during the '50s because. We did not have a central place to dispose of our trash. We had city incinerators, but back there were over 300,000 backyard incinerators in Los Angeles as recently as the 1950s because people would burn their garbage. That was considered the most efficient way to get rid of your trash. So when you see, you can look it up, you look up smog 1950s Los Angeles. I'm telling you, it's like these ones you see in some places in China and India now where you literally cannot see the building across the street because of the smog. So in the 60s, like the Bureau of Sanitation kind of like cleaned up a little bit, pun intended, but um, through other means, you know, California and L.A. have been going that direction to clean up the air. But the air has been improving since the 50s. It probably got the biggest reputation during the 70s and 80s, um, but it's definitely a lot cleaner than it was. But the 50s was actually the nadir for air quality in Los Angeles because of the backyard trash. In 1943, the air quality was so bad that people thought that the Japanese had attacked uh, L.A. with a chemical weapon. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There was poison smog so in we, the air. We, we could do this all day. We got right. We could <laughs> do this all day. Well, um, okay, so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you need advice, uh, stories of revenge, email me, bswithbriansimpson at gbl.com. 
Uh, I will be at the Addison Improv next weekend uh, in Dallas, Texas. Buy your tickets. Uh, go to my website, com. Don't forget to follow LA in a Minute on Instagram and Evan Love It. Evan Love It on TikTok. Uh, if you want more interest or and LA follow both accounts yep. right you're gonna check LA in a minute you'll yeah, find yeah, LA in a minute yeah but follow us on uh, he's the most knowledgeable man that I know on Los Angeles um, and I really thank you thanks for being a guest man I thanks appreciate for you. having yeah, me Brian this is fun it's a great time thank you Rob <laughs>